are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's plate it, everybody, on a Monday, April 13th, and a Tuesday, April 14th, very busy edition of Locked On Lions, right here on the Locked On Podcast and Network. Matt Derry with you. Thanks to my buddy Mark Cassa. And the folks at Slight Return, welcome to the D to open up the show here today. Coming up on the program, a lot to discuss, a lot to get into. Toward the end of the show today, second half of the show today, you will hear, you will hear a little snippet, a little taste of the Locked On NFL Draft NFL Draft Show. The Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special is live. You will hear a little bit of that at the end of the show today. The guys from uh, Locked On NFL Draft, the Draft Dudes, Locked On NFL, did a fantastic mock draft special. It's uh, up and running now across the network, and you'll hear a taste of that coming up in a little bit here on Locked On Lions today. Also today, um, it's time to put something to rest. Darius Slay and Quandre Diggs. Stop. We'll get into that. Snacks Harrison did speak. We have to tell you what he said. Also, Mock Draft Monday, we go to Dr. Roto from SI.com in a very interesting Mock Draft. Albert Breer on the Lions today. Peter King on the Lions today. All of that right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network on Lockdown Lions for today, a Monday. Follow me on Twitter, at Dairy Speaks, at Lockdown Lions. Also find us on the Matt Dairy Facebook fan page. All right, let's start here. Everybody's been texting me the YouTube clip. Everybody's been sending me from Detroit Sports Nation. And all these people are writing. The bloggers are having a field day with it. But once again, over the weekend, Darius Slay hopped on Instagram Live or whatever. And again, like every day he's doing this, rips the Lions. This time he has Quandre Diggs on his show, you know, on his Instagram Live. And the two of them are just riffing about the Lions. You know, ho, 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 it's weird to practice in the snow. Ho, 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 ho. Man, this sucked. Man, this is horrible. Slay said when Diggs got traded, he stopped talking to Paul Pasqualoni, his defensive coordinator, for two weeks on purpose. I have been a staunch Darius Slay defender. I've been a staunch Quandre Diggs defender. The Detroit Lions are a worse football team without those two in the secondary. That's a fact. I'm not going to argue the other way and tell you, oh, Lions could be better without Slay and Diggs. Wrong. Not not right now they're not. Maybe Jeff Okuda's their pick, and he turns into the, the second coming of Lester Hayes. The second coming of Hanford Dixon. That's possible. But not today. They're not. They're not better without Diggs and Slay. Let's see how the draft goes before you make any final uh, estimations here. But you know what, guys? Shut up. Enough already. Every day, it's day it's Slay and Diggs. Darius uh, unhappy about practicing in the snow. Quandre said he couldn't wait to get out of town. Oh, we were so mad at Matt Patricia at the end of 2018 for Week 17 against the Packers. We blasted music every day at practice and basically mailed in practice all week. Then they went out and won 31-0, so then they're arguing, we should have done that all year. Oh, yeah, sure. A Week 17 meaningless game at Lambeau Field without Aaron Rodgers. You blast some music, and that's the reason why you won 31 nothing. No, you won 31 nothing because the Packers laid down. And it costs the Lions draft position. That's neither here nor there. My point is the following. 
Can we please stop Darius and Quandre? Enough. Enough piling on the lines. We get it. You couldn't wait to get out of town. You hated playing for Patricia. You, you hated practicing in the snow in 2018 when you had the Miami game and two home games after that. And I ripped that at the time. But it doesn't make you guys look good. This makes you guys look obsessed and petty. God, every day slays on Instagram ripping the line. Darius, love you. You were an awesome lion. You're an awesome member of the community. But give it up. We get it. You're unhappy with the Lions. You're out now. You got a new contract and you're playing in Philly. That's pretty sweet. Can you be quiet now on the Lions? Are you going to do another Instagram Live tonight and bring on uh, a former teammate and do some more bashing of Matt Patricia? God, enough. So annoying. Seriously. My buddy Brandon Shea today texted me, did you watch this on YouTube? And I, I, I caught some of it. But I've heard the song and dance before from these two guys. You didn't like it here. Now, the Damon Snacks Harrison news, that's news. Because he's giving us something we've never heard before. And in case you missed it today, Snacks Harrison went on the Green Light podcast with Chris Long, the former NFL defensive end. And basically said he didn't want to come to Detroit. He wouldn't pick up Bob Quinn's phone call when he got dealt from the Giants to the Lions. And things just didn't work out, especially last year. Quote, to be completely honest with you, I didn't want to go to Detroit because of some things that I heard from some guys in the past and some guys who were there. Snacks admitted. When I got to the call, that's where I was traded. I didn't answer the phone for a couple of hours. Bob Quinn was calling me, and I didn't pick up the phone because I was trying to figure out a way to get out of it. Snacks eventually picked up the phone and, of course, came to the Lions. He had a terrific end of the 2018 season. Then he went on to say that he had a growing growing clash of philosophies between himself and the coaching staff. Quote, I was a nose tackle my entire career. One technique, shade, zero, some too wide. I get there, and it's two, two, three techniques. For me in my career, the most frightening thing for me is playing three technique because of how far back the guards were set. And I felt like I would have to stand up because I wasn't much of a get-off guy. He then admitted he had some success, blah, 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 blah. We had some conversations about not playing three tech anymore, and they kind of incorporated some of that zero nose shade in there to fit my play style. But it was something that I wasn't comfortable with. Now, to the Lions' credit, and yes, I'm giving the Lions some credit, he was fantastic at the end of 2018. So whatever the Lions were telling him to do, zero, one, two, three, whatever these techniques are, Okay, and I know there are different ways of playing as a D-tackle. I get it. Right? There's different types of D-tackles. There's nose. There's one technique. There's shade. There's the three technique. All right? It's a way of lining up. I, I'm not some you know, D-line expert, but I know enough about it. So Snacks had a pretty good end of the 2018 season. It got rewarded with an $11 million extension through 2021, which, of course, he's not ever seen because he's not here. He was let go and cut. I wasn't prepared for the 2019 season mentally, Snack said. I came into camp in shape, but during the first three weeks in camp, I think I worked myself out of shape because I wasn't doing anything. That was the time, to be honest with you. We were trying to facilitate a trade. I was hell-bent on getting out of there. Now, in Snacks' defense, during the... Off-season, his wife was sick, had some gallstone issues, and he was away from her, and that was tough on him. I get it. All right, He wasn't performing at camp the way he wanted to. 
So Snack said he wanted to get out of Detroit since he's all the respect in the world for the city of Detroit and its fans. He also said uh, Matt Patricia is not the reason he wants to get out or he wanted to get out. Quote, Matt Patricia is a great coach, a great guy. I have a lot of respect for Matt Patricia. It had nothing to do with him personally, end quote. So there you go. Snacks Harrison on the podcast um, called Green Light with Chris Long. What do you want me to say? All right. It sucks. The Detroit Lions are worse off without Snacks, without Slay, without Diggs. And what I just don't understand is, and again, Snacks played really well here in how the Lions wanted him to play at the end of 2018. Last year was, uh, was a disaster. But where the Lions need to change some things is they keep getting divorced from these players, and eventually it might just be you. All right? It might just be you. You can say it's your ex-husband. You can say it's your ex-wife all you want. But when there's four, five, six, seven of them, fool me, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. The Lions must adjust. Because if they've got some good players that don't agree with all the philosophies, they got to do a little bending here. You guys haven't won many football games over the last two years, nine to be exact. You got a guy coming in here that might not be willing to go 100% in your direction, maybe bend a little bit and see if that guy might have a point or two. I'm not telling the inmates to run the asylum here. But my goodness, these guys are flocking out of here. Might just be you a little bit. It's a mock draft Monday. I want to tell you what Dr. Roto from SI.com has to say. Albert Breer on the number three pick from Monday Morning Quarterback. And Peter King with, with, with I think, an atrocious take from a general manager. All of that coming up next right here on Locked On Lines. Welcome back. Matt Derry with you here on this Mock Draft Monday. We are just less than two weeks away. It's not this Thursday, but next Thursday, the NFL will hold its annual NFL draft. Uh, Roger Goodell from his basement. This is going to be something else. If you go to SI.com, they have a mock draft from yesterday called Dr. Roto. Predicts a big-time trade-filled first round, including... A trade-up for Tua. This is at SI.com, Dr. Roto, 2020 NFL Mock Draft. Number one, Joe Burrow to the Bengals, no surprise. Number two, Chase Young to Ohio from Ohio State to the Redskins, no surprise. At number three, the Lions send the number three pick to the Dolphins for picks five and 26. Five and 26. So the Lions get an extra first-round pick and move down two spots. I'd take it. Tua goes to Miami at three. The Giants then send, or I should say then draft, Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle from Iowa in the Dr. Roto mock draft. The Lions at number five select Jeffrey Okuda, the cornerback from Ohio State. No surprise. Goodbye, Darius Slay. Hello, Jeffrey Okuda, is what Dr. Roto writes. What's interesting is let's hike it down to 26 to where the Lions now have the Miami Dolphins Third first-round pick of the first round. I just repeated myself. Sorry. With the 26th pick in the Dr. Roto mock draft, the Lions from the Dolphins select Jordan Love, quarterback from Utah State. (laughs) Wow. Would that get people fired up around here? 
you get your cornerback, and then you get a quarterback for the future that I think has a, a, a special talent. Love will go to the Lions, or they will trade out of this slot to some other team who will take him. Matthew Stafford's contract is way too expensive, and they can groom Love for a season before they give him the job. How about that? Would that get some people fired up around here? You trade back. You still get Okuda. And then you get an extra first-rounder. And with that first-round pick, are you taking that edge you need? Nope. Are you taking that guard you need? Nope. What about that linebacker? Nope. Jordan Love. Jordan Love of the Combine was fun to watch. I think he's got a lot of skills. And I would go crazy if this was a pick. Now, again, he's going to sit out a year. Do I think the Lions are going to do this? No. I've said it once. I've said it 500 times. The Ford family is married to Matthew Stafford. As long as Matthew Stafford is under contract here, I don't see Martha and Sheila ever okaying something like this. Bob Quinn saying, hey, I got a quarterback here at 26. I really like guys. Jordan Love. Oh, is he really, really good and going to be a starter in a few years? Uh, Yeah, we think so. Nope. Try again, Bob. That's what I think the edict will be. But, boy, would that be entertaining and exciting for some people. That is for sure. All right. um, As far as some other mocks go, today's um, SI.com Monday morning quarterback from Albert Breer writes the following. Quote, word's been persistent that the Lions want to move the third pick, and it's not that they don't like the players there. More so, it's that they'd like, say, Okuda or Isaiah Simmons at number five or six, with a few more picks down to use down the line. It was pointed out to me that Lions GM Bob Quinn over 21 NFL seasons has never been with a team holding a top-five pick, so his comfort level with moving down would be understandable, as would his desire to maximize the kind of asset he's never had. We've said that Simmons would be great in a Patriots type of defense. See, all this stuff about Isaiah Simmons, I'm not buying it. I'd love Isaiah Simmons, but the Lions seem to love their linebackers. Where's Isaiah Simmons going to play? If Jamie Collins is on the field, Jared Davis is on the field, Christian Jones is on the field, and Jelani Tavide's getting some burn. That's four guys right there. Then you throw in a few down linemen, six or seven, and then your defensive backs, you can't put 12 or 13 players on the field. Where's Isaiah Simmons going to play? Unless Jared Davis has gone packing, but the Lions have already denied that they're trying to trade him. And they like him. Would I take Isaiah Simmons and make him this hybrid and put him on the field? Of course I would. I love him. I love Okuda, too. I just don't see it. But Albert Breer dropping Isaiah Simmons as a possibility for the Lions if they move back. Now, as far as sheer stupidity that I read today, and this is not Peter King's fault. He's quoting a uh, a smart general manager. King says at three, the Lions are going to do the following. Quote from Peter King at ProFootballTalk.com. Detroit, defensive player or trade down at three. Lions would love to find a partner to supply them with a fifth pick in the, in the, in the top 90 of a top-heavy draft. Ohio State cornerback Jeff Okuda or Auburn defensive tackle Derek Brown would be Matt Patricia types. But how about this counterculture idea from one smart general manager on Saturday? Quote, I bet 40% of the teams in the league have C.J. Henderson higher on their boards than Okuda. Better cover guy, end quote. Hmm, even a trade down for slightly less value would be smart for Lions GM Bob Quinn. What what, what 40% of the teams think that C.J. Henderson from Florida is better than Jeffrey Okuda? Are you out of your mind? 
There is no way. There's a general manager that's called smart by Peter King that thinks that C.J. Henderson is better than Okuda. C.J. Henderson is likely going to be the second or third cornerback drafted and is projected to go anywhere from Jacksonville at 10 down. He's a good football player. But he's not Okuda. If the Lions take C.J. Henderson, oh, by the way, played at Florida. If the Lions take another cornerback from Florida, tease Tabor, over Jeffrey Okuda, I might shut this podcast down. There's no way there's 40% of the league's teams that think that C.J. Henderson is better than Okuda. That is a stupid statement by that general manager. But it's a juicy quote from Peter King. That is for sure. That is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Coming up next, a special treat. You're listening to Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Matt Derry back with you. All right, folks, we're going to play the first portion of the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. This project is the culmination of every host here on the network and many of the hosts of the College Channel. It includes insights from the Draft Network, from the hosts of the Locked On NFL Draft, the Draft Dudes, Now, this mock draft isn't a predictive draft. The hosts aren't selecting who they think the teams will pick come April 23rd. Instead, they're picking who they want their teams to select on draft day. All right, so there will be some trades. There will be some surprises. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On NFL on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you don't miss a show. And if you do, just go back into the archives. So without further ado, here's the 2020 snippet Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. They've been playing the game their entire life. From the playground. I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes of play a day, right? I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. I'm drafting number one. Maybe. To their high school. Let's hear it, gentlemen. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Let's go play some football. Let's go. To the university. We have 95 players here. So accomplished as athletes in high school. We gave them full scholarships to the best football program in the country. Now, their lives are about to change forever. Become your mom's favorite player? Whoa. This is Locked On NFL. And this is the Locked On Podcast Network Mock Draft. Welcome to the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft special. Brian Peacock here alongside former NFL scout Matt Williamson. We will take you through the first round plus in a network-wide mock draft. All 32 teams represented, even those without first-round picks. Hosts making picks for the teams they cover. Our friends from the college side of the network with profiles on each one of these prospects that get selected in the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special, why they are considered worthy of first-round selections, and analysis from my co-host, Matt Williamson, as well as draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, and the Locked On NFL Draft crew, Trevor Sykema and Ben Solak. If you're listening to this kickoff episode on a team-specific podcast, you can follow along all week, every pick throughout round one On the Locked On NFL channel, teams are talking trades, so you may not know exactly where your team ends up selecting. We'll conclude this draft next Friday, checking in with those teams in round two who didn't select in the opening stanza, some of which might jump into round one before it's all finished, and recapping everything that went down all week long. Matt, I'm pumped. Are you ready to do this thing? 
I'm very ready to do this thing. This is a very cool event. I think people will enjoy it. We've had so many new subscribers since last year that didn't get to enjoy it. So you're in for a treat. You're in for a wild ride and a really well put together whole situation here starting right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was one of the most popular. It was the most popular show on the NFL side of the network last year. And I expect it to be even bigger and better. And the way things are right now in the world and wherever you are listening to this podcast, I hope you are well. And I hope this is something fun for you to listen to all week long. Matt, as the Cincinnati Bengals go on the clock with the opening selection in the Locked On NFL mock draft, you've been through this. What are teams doing in preparation the final days and minutes leading up to the first pick for those specific teams? Well, this year, who the heck knows? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that there's things like, you know, the, the, the electronics or the, or the IT people are coming to everyone's homes to make sure everything works, checking, double-checking, doing all that kind of stuff. We mentioned before, you know, maybe you could run mock drafts in terms of let's try to just do a, a whole walkthrough basically of how this thing's going to work. If we're going to make a trade, who's in charge of calling this team, et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, in olden in the olden days and the not 2020 draft, most of the hay is in the barn really a day or two before the draft. I mean, you might be calling agents of your favorite people to make sure that prospects didn't fall down the stairs or that knee that you're worried about isn't <laughs> flaring up. But for the most part, things should be done a couple days before the draft. Let's check in with some of our analysts here on the network. We have a pair of NFL draft shows, draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the Draft Dudes podcast. And let me just tell you, as a couple of Draft Dudes, we are really excited for this Locked On Podcast Network draft simulation where each host is going to make the picks for their team. And uh, I know it's not the real thing, but it's pretty damn close. And this draft promises to be very exciting with all the dynamics between the teams with multiple first-round picks and all the quarterbacks. So, Kyle, uh, I'm sure you're just as excited as I am. Yeah, the big mystery here is, from the quarterback perspective, how many can we get to go early? And then the other fascinating subplot is, when does the offensive tackle run start, and how fast does it go? Because there's generally considered to be four top offensive tackles. There's generally considered to be three top quarterbacks. Maybe a fourth with Jordan Love if he sneaks in there remains to be seen. And the order of all seven of those players who are feasibly top 12 talents coming off the board is going to be a really interesting scenario to see how it actually plays out here. I think just as interesting as the offensive tackle discussion is the wide receiver. Everybody knows this is a really deep and talented crop of receivers, but there's really exciting guys at the top of the board. You know, could we see six, seven, eight guys go off the board in the first round? When does that run start? And uh, who are those late first round guys that uh, teams that, you know, like the Packers or or like the Saints and Eagles and, and Vikings? Who do they get if they are a, a left kind of picking the later half of those top tier pro prospects? So uh, offensive tackles, quarterbacks, wide receivers, the NFL is a passing league. And you can tell that this um, this draft is going to really help these offenses be more dynamic. Yeah, it's a deep class, and we're going to have a lot of opportunities to see players that in a typical class are probably off the board by 20. They might be lingering here in the late first round, early second round. So lots to look forward to, lots to get into. 
Looking forward to see how these teams start their drafts. Hey, everybody, Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solak from the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast here with you. Excited to go on this journey of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. Ben, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's so many things that could happen in this mock draft. What are you looking forward to most? Yeah, it's always nice when you're able to get 32 guys, each of whom knows their team as well as the host in the Locked On Podcast Network do, and they can control for their pick. And then you have the freedom for things like trade negotiations as the pick comes off the board. You have the ability for surprises as each individual analyst focuses on their guys. I think, number one, we're not. it's not going to be a typical mock. It's not going to be like what we no, see definitely when not. only one person controls all 32 teams. There's going to be a lot more aggressive moves, so I expect to see – big trade-ups i expect to see surprising picks yep. and that's that's the reality with these when you're controlling just that one team you go and get your guy that's what we see in the league i guess that's what we'll be seeing in this mock as well i'm really interested to see how the offensive tackles go here in the first round because it's just the possibilities are endless we saw that in our guest mock draft series that we're doing on our podcast but i mean what other positions are, are big ones quarterback wide receiver probably right well, I think, yeah, I think that when you're making these sorts of picks and it's it's catered to your audience for your podcast, you're tempted sometimes to go for those sexier positions. And the sexy position in this draft is undoubtedly wide receiver. So to me, I'm really interested to see, we know the big three will come off the board and Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Henry Ruggs. Who's wide receiver four? Who's wide receiver five? And just how many can we fit in this first round? Ooh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Ben and I are going to be back with you recapping a lot of these picks throughout the mock draft. I'm very excited, so let's get it started. Okay, Matt, we're here. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Is there any doubt what the Bengals should do here? They earned the right through their poor play in the 2019 season to be drafting number one overall on everybody's list. It seems to be the same name, the same prospect that should go first overall. If their phone is ringing, should they even be answering it, or do they know who the pick will be with the first overall selection in this draft? I mean, you answer it, and if someone offers you a godfather-like offer, you consider it, and you still might not even say yes. I mean, I think Burrow is the super prospect. He would go first in almost every draft, you know, nine out of ten years. That's a gift, and the Bengals need it. He's an Ohio guy. They need to sell tickets. They need to sell jerseys. The offense that he falls into isn't in that bad a shape as first overall selections go. So I think it's kind of too good to be true. All right. With that, this draft is underway. Let's go to the hosts of Locked on Bengals and get the pick for Cincinnati. Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. With the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals easily... And without second thought, select Joe Burrow. In fact, Joe, we received no calls in the war room for the number one pick. I guess everyone just knows not to ask. And I don't think we would have considered any offers anyway. So we make this pick. This pick has really been made since maybe late December when the Bengals lost to the Miami Dolphins in week 16 of the regular season and clinched their first overall pick. Joe Burrow went on a tear in the playoffs after that. And the Bengals will finally get a franchise quarterback. First time they've drafted number one since 2003 when they drafted Carson Palmer out of USC. They're in that position again. The roster has been turned over on the defensive side through free agency. And I think they're looking at this squarely of saying our Super Bowl window opens again if we draft Joe Burrow number one in 2020. 
That's right. The Bengals don't just spend money to spend money. This is a strategic injection of funds into the defense to make themselves competitive while they have Joe Burrow on his rookie deal for five years. He's, of course, expected to come in and be a day one starter in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton is still on the roster, but will not be on the roster by the time training camp comes around. He might not even be on the roster by the time the draft is finished. We are looking openly to trade Andy Dalton for whatever assets we can recover. And if that doesn't work out, he'll be cut before Joe Burrow shows up for rookie camp or for the first offseason activity that we're allowed to hold with these rookies this summer. Joe, how much better does Joe Burrow make this team? Well, the quarterback is the most important position, and I think we're looking at a guy coming off a historic college football season that many have said is the best passing performance throughout a whole season in the history of college football. What does he do better than Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton has been the Mendoza line for starting quarterbacks in the league for a long time, and I feel like all of the skills you look for typically when you look at college quarterbacks, usually they are the big guys with the strong arms going near the top, and you say, can they function in the pocket? Do they have accuracy? How's their IQ? How's their processing? Uh, how do they do off script? All the questions you normally go into tape asking with Joe Burrow, those are all the answers you have with him based on tape and based on what he showed this past year. All of those things are not in question. He has them in spades. It's the arm strength, right? That's the only area you really question. And I would say it's very similar to Andy Dalton. So it should be an upgrade in almost every area of quarterbacking other than that. And that's okay, because when you look at the best quarterbacks in the league over the last 20, 25 years, whether it's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, they all had those other features in their game without having a cannon for an arm. Simply put, Joe Burrow is the most influential recruit in LSU football history. In leading the Tigers to the 2019 National Championship, Burrow was fantastic, shattering school records and setting national marks that may not be touched. 5,671 yards and 60 touchdown passes for Burrow while completing 76% of his passes. His arm strength won't wow you, but Joe Burrow makes up for it everywhere else. His decision-making is elite, just six interceptions on the 2019 season. He's the son of a coach and a film room junkie. There's a story about LSU beating Alabama, getting back to Tus from Tuscaloosa to Baton Rouge, and when Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator, got to LSU football ops that night to go get the cut-ups of the film, Burrow had already beaten him there. Burrow has very underrated athleticism. Not only was he a high school quarterback, he was also a high school basketball player. And his ability to move the chains with his feet is something that many have overlooked throughout this process. Burrow is a fierce competitor whose teammates love him, who rises in the biggest moments. Should Joe Burrow stay healthy, he will have a long, prosperous NFL career as a franchise quarterback. This is Matt Moscona of Locked on LSU, your source for LSU and SEC content every day. All right, Matt, there's the pick. Joe Burrow goes number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals, and there's a lot to like about Joe Burrow. I think maybe if you're nitpicking, you can find some knocks here and there about arm strength, which in some cases is completely overrated. And uh, I, I like what was said by many smart NFL people in the past that the quarterback position isn't so much played with your arm once you get to the NFL level. It's played from the neck up, and I think that's where Joe Burrow really shines. 
Yeah, absolutely. And he, he is a good athlete. He has a remarkable head and poise and confidence for the game, processing, accuracy. He does not have a power arm. And that worries me a little bit considering the area of the country he's going to when it's sleeting and windy and, you know, in the NFC North and late in the year. We'll see how he deals with that, but that by no means would slow me down from making such a pick. He's a tremendous prospect. More Locked On NFL Draft special coming up. The Washington Redskins are now on the clock with the second selection. All right, folks, there it is. Be sure to check out Locked On NFL all week long, episode one featuring picks one through six. You'll hear me on there. Episode two features picks seven through 13. On tomorrow's show, we'll be talking about more of this mock draft mania, the Lions, etc. They're even talking to quarterbacks. We'll tell you about that tomorrow. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Please go listen to Locked On NFL now. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe as well to Locked On Lions on Apple Podcasts and iTunes.